I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Race for the Ring, episode 110, The Alpha Girl with Chloe Balatori. Welcome to The Race for the Ring, the podcast about dating and embracing self-love and inner confidence. I'm your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, two-time author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and soon-to-be psychotherapist. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In an age of online swiping and in-person meetups, I found the world of love and lust has been a confusing place to be. So each week, we will chat with a different dating king or queen, socialite, or relationship expert and explore the many facets of dating today and come up with our clear plan on how to find the finest fish in the sea. Ready, set, go. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. Today's episode is all about me. I'm just kidding. Well, sort of. We're going to dive into what the alpha girl is, what she's made up of, what her characteristics are, her personality traits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I definitely identify myself as an alpha girl, um, it, but it was interesting. Our guest today is an expert. She's a relationship and communications expert in this space specifically. Specifically, um, she graduated from Princeton University. She went to Pat Ellen's Want Institute, and she teaches all about behavioral changes based on proven psychology and science that basically helps people change their lives and get the love that they want. So, being an alpha, whether you're a male or a female, you're also a beta. So she explains what that means and and basically how to kind of keep the scale straight so that one side isn't heavier than the other. For me personally, I will say I I definitely embrace both um, for different reasons. I think in my younger years, I was full on beta. And I, I do believe because my profession, my initial profession as a broadcast journalist forced me to become alpha. I was initially sort of smoke and mirrors. Like I definitely was um, walking the walk and talking the talk and not being authentic inside because it was hard for me to be so pushy and stand up at a press conference and ask questions and kind of corner politicians or authorities and kind of get them to answer hard questions, especially because I looked so young. I think that was also in my um, a strike against me. So I felt even more so that I needed to be tougher. 
And then it just sort of trickled into my personal life. <laughs> and then I also think too, just my, you know, being um, a self um, described overachiever. I've always, um, I grew up with an emphasis on grades. I was always like basically on the, the honor roll when I was on, you know, high school. And then I was on the D's list in college. And even now I'm a student, I'm, you know, straight A's at, Pe- at Pepperdine. Like I very, very focused on just making, I always like a C was an F in my family basically. So I, that in, basically embodied my, my whole soul. And I put that work ethic forth, um, with my company that I run and anything I do professionally writing, et cetera, et cetera. So that kind of like is in the alpha mode as well. Um, but I think there's a lot of you listening there, alphas too. So many women, especially single women, definitely, um, embrace that characteristic, whether they it was intentional or not, sort of just is by osmosis, you become an alpha. So she talks to us a lot about that and the pros and cons of that and how to kind of like scale that back a little bit, um, turn the dial down a little um, on the in the dating space and why that is a good thing to do. So I think you're really going to love this conversation with Chloe. She's got two books if you want to grab them after the convo um, about how to live Find the love and keep it new and ways of being um, the pain of change. I just literally butchered the title. So I'm going to read them again for you so you can understand what I just tried to spit out. How to live, find the love and keep it and new ways of being the pain of change, both by Chloe Ballatori. And here she is. Hello, Chloe. Thanks for joining us from sunny Santa Monica. Jealous. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me, Mindy. Of course. Thanks for being here. So I find this today's topic really intriguing. When my producer came to me with this idea, I'm like, hmm, that could go interesting because I do identify myself as an alpha girl, an alpha female for sure. Um, I wanted to peel the onion back with you a little bit. First, find out a little bit more from you about what intrigued you about this industry, this field to go into behavioral science so to speak. Um, and it was it some sort of life um, experience that you endured that made you take this path for your career? Um, yeah, absolutely. I was doing something else before. <laughs> but you I were? had what I, I was a screenwriter for a long time and a writer and a nonfiction oh, cool. writer and a content strategist and very much like a, a behind the scenes, you know, person. But okay. Um, I'd say about 10 years into my marriage, I ran into some big problems, you know, and uh, it's interesting. I had had um, therapy in the past, but it didn't help me very much because it was very much um, the kind of therapy where you go and you talk about yourself and that's nice. You get reflected, but I wasn't seeing any changes in my life. So I kind of gave up on that. But my neighbor started a group with Dr. Pat Allen, and I saw incredible changes 
uh, in her life within a few years, like got married um, after being like a single mom. And, you know, she had had a, a baby as a teenager and she had always been struggling. And she then got married to this incredible guy and started making like a million dollars a year. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to I want some of that. Who is who is the doctor? Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm not. I'm serious. What was his name or her right. name? So this is Dr. Pat Allen, who ended up mentoring me. Okay, and um, she she's the one who started what's called androgynous semantic realignment. Okay. 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 Um, and what exactly is that? Right, for exactly. People I was like, who aren't what familiar? the hell is that? Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's really hard to understand it in the beginning, but. Basically, androgynous semantic realignment derives from the scholarship of of Carl Jung and of Freud. Um, You know, Jung defined the conscious, defined consciousness as the balance between masculine and feminine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, we have like further studies. We had in the 1980s, we had the work of Roger Sperry, who was a Nobel Prize winning biologist who definitively proved that we have a right side of the brain that's more feminine and yin. Right. This is the artistic side, Mm nonlinear thinking, spirituality, sensuality, the world of feelings, passive, patient, vulnerable. And then we have a left side of the brain, which is more yang or more masculine, which is the linear side, which is more logical, the world of ideas, competitive, conquering, controlling, uh, the yang side of life is the world of stuff. So yang energy is very much of the world, whereas yin energy is in the world to make it fun. Okay. Androgynous semantic realignment is really about balancing those two energies within yourself and within Uh your relationships. Okay. And that could bring true for men or women, right? Doesn't matter how you identify yourself. We are all both. So this non-binary thing is interesting how language is evolving, but the truth is we're all non-binary. We all Mm -hmm. have a masculine side and a feminine side. Mm-hmm. And that's like that was okay. like a hundred years old, or maybe even more, because you know, yin the philosophy of yin yang is probably thousands of years old. So this doctor teaches about how to balance that, and if you're a little heavier on one side of the spectrum, how to sort of tip the scale a little bit and move some of the weight down on the other side, so that it's more balanced. Is that correct? So. Um, Everybody's both feminine and masculine, right? And so, you know, in general, life on earth is organized around duality. We have feminine and masculine. We have night and day. We have pain and pleasure. So we have all these different um, kind of polarities here on earth. And we have to learn how to navigate between them. And that's why I love this work so much, because while it's based on established scholarship, what I teach is actual tools to achieve that balance. And so much of therapy is learning and theoretical and, oh, that sounds good. And yeah, of course I want balance. And of course I want to manifest. And of course I want all these things, but how do I get there? And then a lot of times there's frustration, right? Where, you know, you're like, what's wrong with me? I, I'm not manifesting. I'm not, what? it's not working out. Um, and I found that really frustrating. And so when I found this work, it was gratifying because there's actual things I can do to bring about balance in myself and in my life. 
And these are tools that will keep going. I, I told you, you know, I've been doing this work for 10 years. I'm still learning. I'm still moving through this stuff and I'm still having catharsis. And that's, you know, that's really what we're, we're here to do is to evolve spiritually. So talk to me a little bit about what exactly the alpha woman is. Um, and basically, you know, if you could just give me some, some quick, I guess, adjectives and ideals for the people listening in terms of who that woman is, what she looks like, all of the above. Okay. So when we talk about alphas, there's a big misunderstanding um, about what alpha means. Alpha is not a bully, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people were calling Trump an alpha, but actually Trump's not an alpha because he's more one dimensional. An alpha is somebody who has a very strong masculine side and a very strong feminine side. That means your heart and your head are always going at it. So if you are experiencing that kind of conflict within yourself and in your life, then you're most likely an alpha. Alphas are about 20% of the population. And, um, and that could be female or male, correct? But we're obviously talking correct. more about the female because that's correct. could be a deterrent in the dating space, right? Yes. And yeah. alphas usually do well when they find each other. They do well? Is that what you said? Yes. Oh, yes. They okay. do well when they find each other. Like it's, it would be very hard for an alpha woman to be with a beta man and vice versa. Oh, that's interesting. I would think that they would butt heads because they would be like always kind of competing for. Well, that's where these, such a good point. Yeah. And yes, you're right. You are a hundred percent right. But that's where these tools come in. Because these tools, and this is the beauty of androgynous semantic realignment. So androgynous semantic realignment basically says, and it's for conflicts, like you said, butting heads or awkward situations like first dates. And basically what these tools dictate is that if I come from a feeling, then you respond with a thought. And if I come with a thought, you respond with a feeling. So it's very important to know what you want in your romantic relationship. Can you give us an example of that? Yes. Yes. So I always ask clients, do you want to get your feelings cherished or your thoughts respected? Everybody wants both, but which do you want more? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so like if there's, for example, like I help people a lot with dating apps and dating profiles and with texting and just, you know, communication um, with potential dates and relationship communication. So what happens is if we, if both people take the masculine, we have a power struggle for, for control. And if both people take the feminine, we have a power struggle for feelings. So, for example, I had a problem um, the other day in the bathroom. There, there, we had a plumbing issue in, in the house, okay? Um, I, I didn't want to take care of it. My husband is the boss in the house. I'm obviously an alpha. I have a strong feminine side, a strong masculine side. I'm very capable. I can do it all, but I just don't want to. You can right? plumb. I, That's impressive. No, I, I could. Oh, I'm like, I, I don't know what I would do. I'd be like, okay, shut the door. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I can plumb, but I yeah. can handle the plumbing problem. Okay. You know I mean? okay. okay. Gotcha. But instead I said, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, Oh, the plum, you know, the, this, we're having this problem in the bathroom. I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling comfortable with it. So I started with a feeling. 
what do you think about handling it? Oh, you didn't just say fix it? No. I guess that's why you're married. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you always have to, like, this was not a highly charged issue emotionally. I know, I'm teasing. But But what would you have said if he said, I don't, I feel like I'm going to ignore it? Okay, well, feel like is a thought. Okay, um, okay. But, All right, so he, continue, I'm like, sorry. If he said, I'm going to ignore it, then I would say, well, I don't feel good about that. I would reiterate, I don't feel good about that. What okay. do you think about calling the plumber? I would try twice. Okay, gotcha. And if he still was like, can't do it, not going to do it. First of all, that's information I need to know because he doesn't, he's not cherishing my feelings in that moment, which is fine. It doesn't have to be every moment, but if it's too many moments, then it becomes a problem. Um, and I would say, okay, I appreciate that you, that you, that you don't want to do it. However, I'm not feeling good about it. So then I'm going to handle it. And that might build resentment. So I tell him the price tag of what that action is going to be. And if it is a highly charged emotional issue, then I, then what I, I tell people and I do it for myself as well, then you need to make an appointment. So if it wasn't just about the plumbing, if it was like, I don't like, for example, the way you act around my, my colleagues or something, you know, that I would have to make an appointment that I would then say, Hey, there's something I want to talk to you about is now a convenient time. If not now, when hopefully today. It's about uh, the party we went to last night with my colleagues. You know, you give them a general thing. But you have to ask for permission before you just launch in with criticisms. Yes, yes, yes. Understood. That makes sense. Definitely. So in terms of like going back to like the alpha woman's characteristics, so we can set this, this, the picture straight for people who may have a misconception. Some of my research that I did in advance of this combo was basically um, alluding that this um, female, right, um, is basically very um, confident in her achievements. She is someone who is very strong in her self-identity. She's confident. Um, and that's also can be contagious with other people that surround her. So she tends to attract people, um, you know, friends and uh, business and things of that nature. She has leadership characteristics um, and she's very highly ambitious. Would you agree with all of that? Yeah, I mean that's a side, but those every, I think everything you said was was pretty masculine, you know, pretty much oh, on the Yeah, no, that's the alpha, correct. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. The alpha has both. The alpha has both. It, you're not an alpha if you're just like a masculine woman. That doesn't no, mean you're- of course. I'm just saying that maybe those characteristics are the ones that are more profound perhaps in an alpha woman's personality. Would you agree with that? No. Oh, okay. I, no. Okay. I mean, I, you know, everybody is on that spectrum, you know, Yeah. of, of, you know, are you more masculine? Are you more feminine? And you might be different things with different people. I would say that a lot of times, especially in recent times, you know, women are raised, especially high achieving women, especially the oldest girl child in families mm-hmm. are raised to be valued for their achievements only. And we live in a very masculinized society. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. 
Yeah. What becomes perceived as powerful is that very hard driving, high achieving, um, you know, career woman. Mm-hmm. But that's actually technically masculine. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things that um, Dr. Pat would say, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, it's totally fine to be a masculine woman and be with a feminine guy. You know, people get kind of hung up on masculine, feminine. So I often use yin and yang, but, um, you know, that's fine. It's just about knowing where you're at. But what happens a lot of times with alpha women is that they start treating their dating life as the career life. And so they go on like first dates and it's like a job interview. Yeah. Well, I graduated cum laude from Harvard and now I'm head of surgery. And this is like, that doesn't, then the man, the man has to compete. Yeah. If, if he wants to be in the masculine. And so that's where alpha women kind of get into trouble is they want to find an alpha man, but they're not, they don't understand that then they have to be in the vulnerable position sometimes. Right. right? So what would someone, okay, so let me just go back to that point. That was a really good point. That's sort of what, well, I didn't, I I didn't go to medical school, but I, (laughs) but I do feel like at least my bio initially in um, my, on on my online app profile was mostly a resume look like. And I was like, I didn't, wasn't intentional. I wasn't trying to brag. I just didn't really know what else to talk about personally because it consumes so much of my time and my life. And I'm passionate about what I do. So, you know, it's cliche, but a lot of times it's like work that I'm not, I don't feel like I'm working. It's like, you know, it's like a very enjoyable career. So anyway, and I don't really like to divulge too much or disclose too much about my children, you know, on an app. So I leave that part of my life out. I mention I have kids because I feel like someone needs to know that, but I don't really get into too much about you know, what I do with them, obviously. So, but Mm -hmm. that said, I then tweaked it a lot and made it just more about like how I like to spend my free time and like, you know, obviously alluding to my books I wrote and things like that, but it's more like scratching the surface. And then I don't know if it's intentional or honestly, I'm just so sick. I've gone on so many dates. Like I've been single now for like seven, I guess, seven years almost. It'll be going on or and past that point. I can't even watch track. Um, I'm like, and so I've like, I date a lot, but I haven't really been in a lot of really good rewarding relationships. So I feel like At first, I was rattling off so much about my work accomplishments and all I do because it's literally my life, right? But, and then slowly but surely, it's sort of like I wait for them to ask. I don't really like even get into it. And then they're like, oh my God, you didn't tell me you did that. No, you did that. You did that too. I'm like, well, yeah. Because I think I'm just more exhausted, but it actually is working. So I see what, yes. yeah, I do see yeah. your point. I mean, it's, it's tough because, you know, a lot of us women, especially as alpha women, we, like I said, we can do it all, but we get exhausted trying. Yeah. And so, you know, you really, it, it's a, it becomes like something you have to learn is how to sit back and receive. And it's okay to let a man control if he cherishes your feelings. And it's okay to manipulate a man if you respect his thoughts, you know, and some of these that's, you know, that's sort of the center of these dynamics and, and control and manipulation. They've gotten such, they have such negative connotations, but yeah. you know, 
I got to let my man control me if if he's pulling me back from the street where I'm going to get hit by a car. You know what I mean? Oh, it's I like, love that. I was walking with a guy and they did that. They like pulled me back. I'm like, oh, you're like my hero. <laughs> I know they were so sweet and then somebody else is I can't remember off the top of my head but they did something else that was very chivalrous and I was like wow this is so nice I love this you know I'm not used to this treatment um I love that you're sitting back on your dates and and letting you know the guy take a little bit more control if you want to be in the feminine is that what you want um, I think I was just doing that because I was honestly exhausted and just right. tired of dating and constantly rattling off the same information. I sort of feel like they'll them do the work to get the info. And and I also think it may have just subconsciously like came into like my my conscious um, from knowing the fact that it shouldn't be so much of a resume when you're having those the first date. It should be just more like getting to know you because I do have personal interests. I like I'm very involved. Like I. I'd say 90% of my life is my career, but I mean, not putting my kids into the picture, just me personally, mm-hmm. but I do have like, I take dance lessons. I, I was, I'd like to get back into it. Horseback riding. I'm in graduate school, which is kind of career, but it's also personal too. Like, cause I enjoy that personally is like more of a self-indulgence and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, so I have like a lot of interests. To- I, I just wanted to talk about people. Probably be not my listeners be like, we know all of them. You say it all the time, but I do have a lot. <laughs> but I, I do just- have a lot of interests. So, yeah. Okay. So if you want to, this is a simple tip for you or for your listeners who's ever out there. Mm-hmm. If you are an alpha woman and you're wanting to beef up your feminine side, one of the things that I teach people to do is to lead with statements that begin with, I feel. So I feel good when I'm going for a hike, right? You know, think about your sensuality. Think about, um, like you said, things you enjoy, but not things necessarily that are intellectual that you enjoy, but more sensual things. So Mm -hmm. it renews me to be in nature. You know, I feel renewed in nature. And oftentimes feelings are just one word saying, I feel like you're a jerk is not a feeling, right? right That's a right, right, so right. You have to make sure that you're actually saying, I feel. Okay. And you can do that anywhere. You can do it on the dating apps. You can do it on customer service with AT&T. You can say, I don't feel good about what you're saying, you know, and that'll just start to bring awareness to that feminine side. Cause a lot of us have just kind of forgotten about it. So it, diving into your emotions and your feelings and sort of like conceptualizing that and bringing that verbally to the table, so to speak, when you are at the table with your suitor. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. And also doing, I also tell women who want to be in the feminine, um, you need to be doing an hour every day of pure yin activity. And what would that, what does that look like? Something that is done for that is an end in itself that is just done for pure pleasure. It an could hour? Be certain- yes. An okay. hour. Could it be like taking a yoga class or running or something like that? Yes. Yes. It okay. depends on what your relationship is with it. If you hate running, then it can't be oh, running. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love running. Yeah. No, if you I, love yeah. It, then yeah, that yeah. would count. Yeah. You know, so it, it just, you know, and you can mix it up on different days, obviously, but just doing that for yourself mm-hmm. that just, you know, and 
and again, this is an exercise in bringing awareness to what those kinds of things might be. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have a client who likes stripping wood like that just brings her peace, you know, so she does that. So your client be, likes what with words? I miss that. Stripping wood. You know, oh, that stripping that wood. Bag oh, that yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably medi- a form of meditation for your client, exactly. I would think. Yeah, exactly. that's cool. I want to go back to something you mentioned um, a few minutes ago about manipulating conversation and how that doesn't necessarily need to be um, a negative thing. Can you give me an example of that? I understand what you're saying, but I just want everyone listening to have a clear picture of what you're saying. Cause I feel like some people may be like, that's not, doesn't sound right. Like that sounds shady. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, first of all, when you put makeup on, that's a manipulation, right? You do something. You oh, doing yeah. It yeah. Kind of that's desire. a good point. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I'll give another example that's like a little bit more um, communication based. Okay. So this was actually from something that happened to me recently. I was um, in a restaurant. It wasn't like a fancy restaurant or anything, but some guy at the next table was playing something on his phone really loud. Oh, you know, that's so annoying. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, my, I have really great hearing. And so it was just, anyways, it was bothering my ears. So I don't need any explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sat down and then I leaned over and I said, I said, excuse me, um, can I ask you a question? And he was like, okay. Right. So I, I kind of, you know, I asked for permission. That was kind of the appointment moment. Right. We talked about earlier. Can I ask you a question? Right. Okay. I've got his attention. So I'm not just launching in with right. some shit. You're being more like soft about it. I right. understand. Mm-hmm. I said, I totally understand that you want to listen to your program. Um, you know, so I started with an affirmation, like I stroke what, yeah. what, what I would yeah. stroke. I stroked mm-hmm. him. Okay. I said, however, it's hurting my ears. Okay. So then I made my statement of feeling, right? Then I asked him, what do you think about turning it off? And this was a total stranger, right? So he has nothing at stake. He doesn't have to cherish my feelings. He doesn't know me from Adam, but he has his own value system in in himself, right? Mm -hmm. So in himself, he was a man. And in himself, when a woman, for his job as a man is to protect, right? Is to mm-hmm. cherish a woman's feelings. So he was pissed, but he turned it off and that was it. That so was you- really, yeah. So it worked because you didn't go into it being all like tough cookie and like, you know, um, abrupt and right. you're kind about it. And he was receptive because you were coming off, I guess, less bitchy, if you will. Right. right? And, but I gave him an opportunity to cherish my feelings. And when a man cherishes a woman's feelings, that builds him up. A man has to do good to feel good. Whereas a I got woman it. Okay. has to feel good to do good. So just by doing that, he got something out of it. Okay. So it's not so much manipulation. It's more reframing, would you say? Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I think reframing can be a manipulation. Yeah. 
I suppose so. <laughs> I'm just trying to like make it like more pleasant sounding, but I understand what you're saying. All right, right. this is all good stuff. Okay, we are, believe it or not, out of time, but I wow. want you to offer um, our listeners just a couple quick things in addition to obviously feelings, which I know is like the main thing, but maybe like four, three or four bullet points of quick behavioral um, pivots that they can make if they need to um get out of the uh, alpha zone as much as they're in out of of their masculine yeah okay so one thing is be comfortable in silence that's okay it's not on you to make conversation if you're in the feminine that's on the masculine energy person okay and Mm -hmm. men need to know that a woman can hold that silence right no no man ever went to his grave going, God, I wish my wife talked more, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. It's okay. Like, you know, we feel that pressure oftentimes, especially we we alpha women, to make conversation. Take it off your plate. It's okay. You guys can sit in silence. Get used to just sitting in silence as part of dating as part of being with your partner. It doesn't have to be constant talking. That's a good point. That's hard for me. And not so much because I'm like, I have anxiety when it's quiet. It's just more like, I have so much to say, but no, that's a good, that's a really good point. I think. Yeah. Cause then you sort of like take over the whole date or whatever. And that's also, you know, not ideal to say the least. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, The other thing is I would say, don't ask your man how he's feeling unless he's puking or bleeding. Okay. Ask him about his thoughts first. Like, what so are you thinking? Th- Penny for your thoughts, that kind of thing. What do you think about the plumber? What do you think about, um, you know, going to Jane's house? What, you know, whatever it is, don't ask, how do you feel? Are you feeling okay? Mm. You know, doing all that puts the man into the feminine. Then you're going to be in the masculine. Oh, I see. Okay. Not that the man can't have feelings, but it's on him to make an appointment to express them to you. Yeah. Okay. It's not you making an opening for him to dump all his yucky feelings on you and then you mother him. That's not what you want. Okay. Because men men ultimately, they're not going to want to have sex with their moms. Okay. Yeah, That kills the chemistry. Yeah. It really kills the chemistry. So try to avoid asking your man how he's feeling. Okay. Unless he's looking or bleeding. Okay. Good point. Okay. So that's another one. Um, and then, you know, the other thing I would say is watch the overgiving, overgiving advice, overgiving help. Um, Why? Why? Well, because first of all, when you're giving all the time, you don't have a chance to receive. Mm, good point. Okay. You literally can't be giving and receiving at the exact same moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a great point because I'm a giver. I give, 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 yeah. give, give. And my a time, lot of us- my money, my love, everything. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. that will ultimately burn you out and it will also kill the chemistry because, again, the man needs to be able to be needed by you. So he needs to see your vulnerability. He needs to be able to give something to you. Otherwise, he's not going to feel he's not going to feel good. 
He's mm-hmm. not going to see a place for himself in your life mm-hmm. if you're always giving to him. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation. You end up getting burnt out and he ends up getting resentful. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It, it's uneven. Well, they could just walk over to my bathroom and see that I'm just kidding. I need a plumber. I'm only joking. <laughs> no, I'm like no, literally no, like, no, it's so really- funny. I'm like the damsel in distress with the alpha on the outside. I think I'm like both. That's like, excellent. And so yeah. when you're on your dates, lead with that. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, you're laughing about that, but that, that, that is the, what I was going to would say would be like the fourth thing is, Ask for help. That's very feminine. Ask for help. A lot of us alpha women want to do it all ourselves. Yeah. We have to learn how to ask for help. That's a and really good point. And then that help. And it can be uncomfortable. So it takes practice. That's good. Good advice. All right. So tell us how we can find you, Chloe. Yay. Okay. So um, my you can go to my website, chloesconsciousnesstraining.squarespace.com. I also put a lot of stuff on IG, which is Chloe's underscore consciousness underscore training. Okay. Um, I've, I do events right now. I'm doing events once a week at 6 PM Pacific on meetup. Oh, and those nice. are virtual. Yeah. And I really like to always be, sometimes I'll have a lull, but I really like to always be offering something that's very low cost or free so that people can start to learn about this work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of my way of, of giving back and, and also introducing the work to people. So I'm doing that once a week. I've written two books about this work, both available on Amazon. The first is How to Live, Find Love and Keep It. And this is really a guide to to the principles of this work. So it's kind of like a reference. And then my second book is new ways of being the pain of change. And that's really a, an opportunity. um, Once you started this program in nav to have, you know, some guidance in navigating your change, because a lot of people don't understand that change is inherently painful, even change for the better. And so when you're making some of these changes, which are for the better, like we just spoke about it, receiving can be uncomfortable, but you have to get through enough of that moment. You have to desensitize enough so that you can receive. A lot of people get in that discomfort and then they stop. So yeah. that's what my second book is about. No, that's great advice. Behavioral so, change yeah, is very right. hard. Yeah, no, but it's yeah. really good. It sounds like you have a, a lot of really solid, um, you know, ways to kind of go about it. So people really can kind of wrap their head around it and embrace it instead of like shy away. So thank you for all of your good work that you do for all of us, alpha ladies and men <laughs> out there. We all need you. Okay. Teenagers, I work with couples, all of it. So awesome. You know, feel free to reach out. Okay. Thank you, Chloe. Thanks for being here. You're so welcome. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Race for the Ring. Today's episode was produced by Lori Verbinski and edited by Danielle Gordon. I appreciate your ear and insight. And if you like today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast. Be sure to check out my latest book too. You don't need to be a bitch to be a boss. It's on Amazon and available anywhere books are sold. And be sure to say hi to me on Instagram. I'm at Mindy.Barnett. See you next week. Bye-bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.